Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. Full quarantine crew here. Chris Parliament out in Woodstock, Ontario, and Brandon Piller in the abyss of cottage country. There are sense stuff to talk about, although it's not what we want. It should be game 80 tonight and that much close to the draft lottery. Instead, it's the NHL PA poll that came out. So we'll react to that and give our own sense spin on it. We're going to talk about the top five goalies in Sens history, including if you had to start one game to win it all, who would you pick? All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, March 31st. Oh my God, Chris, it is still March. I know, I mean, April Fool's, I hope this all ends tomorrow and this has just been some sick joke. Another couple grueling days at the old shop this week and uh, getting pretty tired of not doing what I want after work, that's for sure. How about you, Pilsy? Well, all I know is uh, people better be pretty careful with uh, the April Fool's jokes this year because... Mm-hmm. With everything we've seen in March, it seems like that whole month could have been an April Fool's joke. I mean, no sports, none, no hockey, and we're getting down to, as Ross said, game 81 would have, would have been for the Ottawa Senators. So this is just, it's a tough time, but you know what? We're going to tap into some nostalgia for you guys and uh, keep things rolling here. Yeah, we'll do our best for that in tough times to say the least and the city of toronto uh came out just moments ago saying that there will be no public gatherings or large events through june 30th mayor john tory did clarify however and said sporting events are not a part of that so that was a i already had a stat teed up of the leafs only being one of six teams that do not have a game played in june so i got to keep that in the back pocket for a little bit longer but Let's get to the NHLPA players poll. And before we get our send spin on it, Pilsy, were there any surprises for you? Or we could kind of run through a couple of them, I guess. On the, uh, like the original? Yeah, on the original one, exactly. Yeah. No no senators anywhere throughout this, which I guess is not much of a surprise. Not many well-known players uh, on the team as of yet. Biggest surprise for me, it had to be the goalies. I mean, Carey Price still voted as the best goalie mm-hmm. by a mile Word. at 41.5% is mind-blowing for me. And then how the heck did Sergei Bobrovsky finish in fourth here? He's having one of the worst uh, seasons of his entire career after signing the biggest contract of his career. So the goalies, I think, are a little mixed up. Even Flurry on there is a little weird. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights traded for Robin Leonard, so clearly... They're not 100% confident in him. So I thought that was the weirdest one all around. Yeah, a bit of a name grab there, I think. Some guys, I mean, who knows? It's middle of March. Like we've said, this is supposed to be like the time where you're buckled down and into the end of a season here. And now you're getting questions like this. I'm sure no guy is really caring, especially when it comes to goaltenders. I mean, they're an odd breed, uh, to say the least, because you two used to play between the pipes. But uh yeah, to just throw out Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. And then, yeah, uh, Goalie Bob was definitely uh, a weird one there. I don't know if all of the Florida Panthers voted for him, and that makes up 5% of the NHL. I, I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, uh, needless to say, 
it's uh, definitely some much needed content from the National League this year. And uh, I think it's pretty funny that Brad Marchand gets worst and best trash talker. I guess a uh, couple guys in the league, let's say, uh, let's see what percentage it is 10.59% say that he's the worst trash talker. So 10.59% of the NHL is not fun at a party. No, yeah. and well, 25% for best as well. So that's. 36% of the league who he's under their skin one way or another. They're thinking but, about him. But guys, think about this. And I thought it was kind of funny too, but then I started thinking about it. You could say it's kind of like uh, uh, you can relate it to like a home run hitter in the MLB. Sure, he's he's cranking a lot of home runs, but how many strikeouts does the guy have, right? So maybe this is just a matter of uh, Marchand's got the most at-bats when it comes to trash talking in the NHL. Wow. That's definitely one way to put it. Drew Doughty also in the uh, the same category as that, finishing second in both best and worst. Uh, I want to start with this one because for the rest of these, we'll just say the way Ottawa Senators' team was this year. But let's start out with the all-time of all players in Sens history, past or present, who would you pay to see play? I'll hop in on this one first, Pillsy. Uh, I mean, this might be recency bias. I, I don't know what it is. I'm the youngest of the crew, so maybe I don't have the, the same memories that you guys do. There's definitely some good answers in this one, but I have to go with Eric Carlson in that 2017 playoff series. I mean, this guy was playing on one ankle. I know that didn't come out till later, but a legacy was born in that, and he earned some money coming out of that deal. He put himself on the map. I'll never forget the hockey news came out uh, kind of right after the, well, right in the middle of the playoffs. It was run, really. yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby in the back and Eric Carlson hustling down for a puck, and uh, it said... Uh, Welcome to the club, Eric. And that was pretty cool to see a guy in a senator's uniform. And just to throw another little notch on the belt there, if you will, Don Cherry came out and said that he was taking games over like Bobby Orr used to. That's wow. pretty impressive when a guy like Don Cherry throws that kind of compliment around because you know what Bobby Orr meant to his career. Yep, sure does. And now Eric Carlson is third in salary at least he was in 2019 behind austin matthews and john Tavares. so not mcdavid who uh is sixth on that list um okay well pilsy what's yours i i'm gonna just double down with parley eric carlson i mean just electric player every time he's on the ice especially when before i guess the achilles and then ultimately the heel maybe lost a bit of a step still has the elite vision and passing ability and can get him get his teammates involved all over the ice but Vintage Eric Carlson, the prime of his sense career when he was putting up goals as well as assists. We've seen the goals kind of wean off in the last years, but like this is the guy who put up 20 goals as a 21-year-old in the league. So just uh, every time that you paid to go see Eric Carlson play, he came out and did something where you went home, told your friends, like, whoa, you got to go see that live. Wait, I got I to gotta get the quick uh, guess in here. I'm thinking the dominator for you, Pilsy. Am I correct? Oh, Parley, you're dead on, buddy. I mean, <laughs> hey, King Carl, what what a sight to see. And yeah, the, when he was on his game and at his healthiest or even at his most injured, he was incredible to watch. But when you're talking about the greatest goalie to ever play the game of hockey and he played on your favorite team, uh, unfortunately, I never got to see Dominic Hasek play live. So that would be my answer for sure. I would love to see the Dominator uh, shut out the Leafs in a classic Battle of Ontario matchup uh, back when he was in the center's uniform. 
few other, I, I guess, options that you could have had along there with Alfie Heatley. Uh, Heatley he was, was my missed. second. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, how about we go to turn to the trash talkers with our current team? Because you could probably say the best player is the best at that, too. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty clear that it's Brady Kachuk. Uh, I remember there's uh, we had Drake Batherson on the show, and this is kind of a firsthand experience, good journalism, a little pat on the back for myself. But uh, Drake Batherson said that there was some stuff said during the rookie tournament that oh, yeah. he had never heard before. So I think that's pretty good. If you're groundbreaking chirps for a guy that's been around the game for as long as Drake was, you got to remember, he would have heard some chirps in German flying around if he was close to the boys when his dad is playing there so that's a lot of hockey to take in for him and to never hear it before it must run in the blood for those kachucks over there but i think uh it's pretty much going to be unanimous hey boys yep yeah it's unanimous and uh drake man he talking about hearing trash talking in german that's an aggressive language to uh be <laughs> trash talking along the ice so that's pretty good there uh guys i'll take it away with worst trash talker it's got to be mikhail bodker i mean <laughs> that's just, just to be my guess guy. Yeah, he what's seems, he gonna say? <laughs> well, that I didn't want to get too far into that partly, but also I've never met a Danish person with a mean bone in their body. They're just all around nice people, and he just seems like such a I don't know if timid is the right word, but very passive guy. Yeah, very passive guy. So I, I don't think Mikel Bodker is out there uh, tossing around some nasty chirps on the ice. Yeah, I went with Zaitsev because I'm not sure that he can really speak English. I'm, I know he doesn't love the media, but I feel like he's, again, just a guy who goes out there, does his job, plays hard. What if he but... chirps hard in Russian? He's getting that Malkin and uh, all the other Russians. No, I don't see it. I feel like he's often, he, he'll throw one cross check after the whistle and then just kind of like turn away. Yeah. Comrade Zaitsev, he's just everybody's buddy <laughs> out there. Uh, I'm going to go with Colin White because I don't see him <laughs> throwing words together that quickly, that rink rat. <laughs> rat rink, you yeah. mean? Yeah. I have him as the funniest and not because he means to be, but just yep. just the way he is. He, what about you guys? Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with that because for some reason, I feel like he's the one that like kind of piggybacks onto everything that Brady Kachuk's saying. So, like, maybe Brady's getting the boys going, and then he just hops in there. And for some reason, I know for a fact that he was the one that started the dragon nickname for Brady out of the stepbrothers. I just know it was him. Yeah, definitely. Um, Pilsy, you got one? I, I'm going to say Whitey, too. He just seems like yeah. one of those guys who uh, he, he knows how to take chirps. And sometimes uh, that's the funniest thing because you can just get a bunch of guys roasting him. And instead of getting upset or uh, annoyed, he'll laugh along. So that's always good to have a guy like that in the room. Sometimes you're not laughing uh, with him. You're laughing at him. But I guess that still makes you funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A couple nicknames were flying around during that last answer. So... Uh, I'll go with the best nickname on the team. Gotta be the Duke. What a that Ooh. just demands respect, and I like it because it's not a classic like Dukesy or uh, Clairesy or anything like that. It's a little, it's a little different. And he showed that he was the Duke, putting uh, John Tortorella's uh, unkind words right back at him and getting that Hattie against Columbus this year. Yeah, that was awesome. For me, best nickname, I got to go with the Boro Cop, patrolling the blue line. It's just classic. It fits him so well. The Wayne Gretzky of hitting is a decent nickname as well, but Boro Cop is just rolls off the tongue well, and it's it's just all in all 
great. See, I gotta respect the ones that can be chanted. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. honorable mention to, like, Andy. Andy oh, there's Andy, been a few Andy, Andy chants in that building. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. I, I think I'm gonna give it to Andy because I think, yeah, he just, like, the way he can take over a game and then the whole crowd can be into it chanting it, I think that's pretty cool. And I don't really, I can't come off of, like, come up with one that was ever been chanted like that before. So, well, I'll, well I, I, I mean, I mean yeah, but like current sense, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going current sense, I'm I'm going Andy. But again, comrades, I'd say when Boro said that in that mic'd up <laughs> video, I lost it laughing. So or, yeah, that was pretty uh, funny. Honorable mention. Uh, it's a, a short-lived nickname, but Josh Norris uh, when they called him Apu because he's always open, like Seven <laughs> Eleven. I thought that was pretty good too. That is good. <laughs> Just mildly racist. I don't think they're out there on the ice uh, being like, Apu, pass it over here or anything (laughs) like that. But uh, just a quick one uh, when you're doing the warm-up laughs is pretty funny. Imagine the crowd chanting Apu. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Um, The best bromance. Well, I'm going to take this over because it's easy and uh, it's Apu and Chucky. I mean, (laughs) Josh Norris, the first thing we ever heard about him. Was he was Brady Kachuk's best friend. I don't know how you can get a better bromance than that when the, let's be honest, probably the franchise player at this time, other than Shabbat, uh, you're his best friend. So that's pretty good bromance there. And you saw the bromance for the few games that Norris was up there. Man, I can't wait to see what these guys do in the future. There's going to be some good pranks with these guys and Whitey, I can see in the future. Yeah, Whitey's going to be at the butt end of that joke, but I'll pick up <laughs> on it because I did have in brackets soon to be Kachuk and Norris. I just felt, you know, the the two games they played, maybe not enough of sample size. Whereas Colin White and, and uh, Thomas Shabbat have had kind of, they've been on, on parallel tracks on their way up. White, USA, college, Shabbat, junior, Team Canada. They had the battle in the, in the gold medal game. White had the two goals. Shabbat led all players in time on ice in that overtime game. Uh, shootout game, actually. So the whole 10 minutes of overtime. And the cherry on top, not to mention they were, probably roommates in their rookie year or have spent a lot of time coming up together, but also born on the exact same day. So that adds a little bit of a layer to it as well. January 31st, 1997. Wow. That was, that was a good answer, Ross. That was, that was a one material right there. Thanks, uh, buddy. So, so research was put ha, into that one. Ha, had all day to think about it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Ross, do you have them as Facebook friends? You know, their birthdays so well. Wow. Yeah, what's their I don't know. social I think insurance? When, I think when you when you have two first rounders in the same year, obviously they're they're all in the same birth year, so you take a look and once they're born on the same day, I mean that's pretty rare. I feel like Thomas Shabbat's like the guy that's kind of in on everything. Not to bring up bad times, but like he was in on the Ubergate situation. Oh I feel like he's the guy that's in on every conversation. And then when he gets signed, first thing Brady says is, oh yeah, he's one of the boys. He's going to be picking up checks for lunch. So that's a pretty good thing. Like I feel like Shabbat's he's... the guy walking into the room like, hey, what's going on tonight, boys? Just Mr. Slick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Whereas Brady's like brute force and like kind of goofy. Shabbat is just Mr. Slick. Oh, like yeah. I bet Shabbat definitely has the best watch on the team. Maybe I feel, I feel like Bobby's I've got to have a nice watch. Yeah, Ooh. true. And true. The, the Euros probably all do. Like I bet you Bodker has a sick watch collection. Yeah, I just feel like Bodker would be the kind of guy on the team. Um, although got to look good in the press box. Oh, <laughs> wow! That was out of left field. That was the toughest thing I've heard all episodes. Yeah, like, well, you know, Bodker's not chirping back, so go for it. <laughs> 
toughest player on the team, Parley. Oh, it's got to go back to Brady Kachuk. And here's another fun Brady Kachuk story. Remember when he dropped Justin Abdelkader and then comes out yeah. after the game and he's like, oh, I'm just paying my rent with my fists because he was living with Stonesy. Yeah, Brady Kachuk's, man, what a tough guy. That was good. Um, I'm, I mean, the the right answer, like it's cute and all. Yeah, Brady is tough, but Boro's the answer. It's Boro. It's like the, the toughest guy in the league. How many times does he get hurt? And you're like, all right, he's out for two to three months, and he's out two to three shifts later. Just, <laughs> and then he gets hurt fly, right after. Just yeah, flying around crazy. with no regard for his body. Couldn't care less. He's just <laughs> out there. He only knows one way to play hockey, and it's go, go, go. And I love it when you like, Remember when he blocked the shot and then it was just like the pool master throws it off the boards <laughs> into the empty yeah. net? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I was... I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. It's probably Boro. Brady, uh, give him a couple years. Give him a couple more times to make his uh, story a little stronger. But yeah, you're right. I guess it's got to go to Boro right now. Yeah, Parley, I was at that game that he did that in Buffalo, and he blocked, I think, four shots <laughs> on that play um, in the same spot, just eating pucks, eating pucks, eating pucks, and then banked it in. And uh, I was happy to see that because I had the over in that game. So uh, thanks for that one, Boro. Beautiful. I'm going to stick with Boro on this next one. I'll start it. The best follow on social media. Um, always always up to something, engaging with the fans, always answering in his comments. Um, it's Boro Cop running. I think it's hilarious how he started out as like a runner <laughs> runner's account. It's just so pure for a guy who lives in carp. He's always sending positive messages, advocating yep. uh, for for the right thing. So yeah, Boro entertaining and just so wholesome on on the social media game. Yeah, didn't you get a, a comment back? Thanks, Ross! Exclamation mark when you oh, congratulated yeah. him on his baby. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm gonna actually go a little bit of a different way with this one. I'm a big Nicole Anderson fan on uh, Twitter. Oh, she shouted out the boys a couple times. We've had a little oh, Nicole yeah. she, Anderson she's content. She's a central follower. Exactly. I think we should throw a little love to the followers. So yeah, I'm going to go an extension of Andy, Andy, and take Nicole Anderson. I love it. That's a great, great answer. And that, uh, well, Pilsy, we got to get to you first before I move on. Uh, mine was Boro. Yeah, I just love Boro because like... <laughs> It's kind of funny, ever since he did that uh, public stint with uh, Melnick and it oh, kind of went God. south, I feel like he's turned a whole 180 and his presence on social media, like you said, Rossi, just giving out good vibes. He always seems to be kind of on the right side of history. He's always, uh, uh, you know, like leading the way to be a good citizen. So uh, Boro's my guy. But then the second he puts on the skates, he will absolutely murder you. Yep awesome how about a guy who should be on social media but isn't okay i'm gonna go a different way with this one again and i'm getting off base here but how I, i'm going away from current senators but the not danny heatley account makes an actual nice. danny heatley account so needed 1507 yeah. is the most fun account to follow by far like imagine if danny heatley went on twitter and just commented on goal on like <laughs> highlights of goals and be like not impressed like, <laughs> Like, so what? <laughs> Who cares? And, I had 50 and 07, idiots. Yeah. Oh, and 06, bud. Like, just being <laughs> such a dick. Oh, that would just be awesome. I'm going to go with Bobby Ryan because he was on social media. Yep. He was awesome at it. And then everyone's chirping him, so he left. And that sucks because now he has private accounts. But he was one of the best follows from, like, 2010 to 2014. 
when he was in the prime of his career. So that kind of sucks. Remember when he came to Ottawa, he did on the that on the street thing where he's like, like who's the new guy? And he was like, hey, so like you like the Sens? And people would play along, and they'd be like, what do you think about the off-season moves they did? It was the one where, and everyone was saying how mad they were they traded out or got rid of Alfredson or Alfie left. And like, yeah, but what about that new guy, Bobby Ryan? And people were like, eh, yeah, I don't know about him. And then he would kind of like hint at it or be like, okay, well, here, here uh, he told me to give you this autographed uh, like uh, trading card. And they look at it, look at him. <laughs> And he got a few people. I'm going to try to find that. If so, we'll tweet it out on our Twitter there, at Send Central. But, yeah, Bobby Ryan's my uh, my short answer there. Short answer. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> no, uh, Ross, once again, took my guy, Bobby Ryan. I remember when he did that video, and I remember when uh, he, like, permanently deleted all of his social media, and that was a bit of a sad time. So, yeah, it's too bad, and... Hopefully, uh, we'll see Bobby back uh, making jokes and uh, doing some uh, more goofy interviews like that. Okay, now we got to get to the on-ice talent aspect of this. You need to win one game. You need to win one game. We're going to do that with Sense franchise goalies later, but for now, you need to win one game. Any position, who's your guy on the current Sense team, your first overall pick? Go ahead, Pills. Well, this one might surprise you guys because obviously there's some high-end talent on this center's team. Already. Uh, got, yeah, no. Uh, Brady Kachuk, you got Shabbat. Uh, you got Andy and Nett. Uh, but I actually took took some thought into this, and I love Connor Brown's game. I mean, he may not be the most clutch guy, but he, he's a comp- like, he uh, competes hard. He battles for pucks. Uh, he's a crafty guy. Uh, I wish he had a little bit more uh, clutch genes to him on breakaways. It seems like he missed a million breakaways this season. But, uh, yeah, Connor Brown's my guy. I just I love his uh, his kind of whole game. Yo, Parley, don't you think it's kind of important to have the clutch fact if you have one game to win? Yeah, but he can set a guy up. <laughs> yeah, I get Getting it. pucks yeah. in the corner, setting You guys need up. to win one game. All right, let's take the guy who's not clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant I'm, on breakaways. I'm going to take the guy who's clutch and made for playoff hockey, and that's Brady Kachuk, because he's going to do everything and anything to win. And that's all I need to say. See, I'm going to go with a different answer. Brady Kachuk's a good answer. I like Connor Brown because I can see him like. Turn or he uh, creates a big play in the neutral zone, takes a puck away, and then uh, makes a play out of it. And I can see that happening. Yeah, it's those little it, things you got exactly intangibles. intangibles. I almost want to. I almost want to tweet out our list just so you get absolutely roasted. <laughs> Ross is apparently the best trash talker on this podcast. But moving on, uh, I think I'm going to take Thomas Shabbat simply because he can play 45 minutes of the game for you. Going to Shabbat, going defenseman. Uh, it was definitely an understandable move. The most complete player. Pillsy, I thought you were going to save Connor Brown for this answer. Yeah, well, here I'm going to go. Uh, Connor Brown definitely is honorable mention, but I'm going Brady because he he does it all. He throws hits, he blocks shots, he gets in front of the net, he gets under guys' skin. And that's one thing I think, uh, well, people don't overlook with Brady, but overlook in general is the ability just to get under guys' skin, shift and shift and shift over and over and over again. That builds over time, especially come a playoff series. Brady's going to be uh, he's going to be a factor, and it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to see. So our boy Brady, I would say he's probably the most complete player. Super underrated passer as well. 
yeah, yeah. I'm going to hop in there too and just say that he, and I've said it time and time again, and I will in the future. He just plays his game so well. The power forward role is like perfectly personified in Brady Kachuk. And then he also has a pretty electric shot. He can beat you. He's got some good hands. Yeah. I always go back to his hands when he's playing Matthew Kachuk, his brother in Calgary. Remember he's busting down the wing. He gets that little half breakaway. And he pops the leg and then just slides it. Like he's slides at five holes. Sorry. He's just got those quick hands too but like you you said it he's gonna do everything right for you so i think that is my answer brody kachuk but ross i got a quick question for you before you give your answer were you a little bit surprised that mark stone wasn't in the player pool like league-wide amongst players that he's the most complete player i mean he got a lot of buzz at the trade deadline last year i just thought maybe some of that momentum would carry over to put him in a category like a patrice bergeron or ryan o'reilly because i would definitely have him up there with those guys what do you think yeah like alex barkov would be the guy who i would replace with mark stone uh maybe a little more proven but then again there's obviously a premium at least in the players minds of playing the position of center all four of these guys are centers yeah so that i guess that's included in being an all-around player but yeah for my money my vote would have been for mark stone as number one in that category i think he's that good um that and it sucks because for best bromance i mean brady and stones he would have been the easy, easy answer had... That's not even a bromance. That's like a dad and son uh, relationship. True. Sh- shake and bake, boys. Ricky Bobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's rifle through these uh, these best positional because we've already pretty much covered each of these players. I got Brady Kachuk as the best forward on the team. Thomas Shabbat as the best defenseman. And my heart was with Andy, but at this exact moment, Marcus Hogberg is the best goalie on the Ottawa Senators. Yep, of the same three. answers. Yeah, I'll go with it. Uh, I think it would have been a little more contentious had uh, Anders Nielsen not get hurt. He was having a pretty good year to start the year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mark Sogberg put together quite a, quite a run there. Uh, I think that's going to kind of stay the same status quo over the next couple of years. Brady is the best forward. Uh, Shabbat is the best D-man. But it's going to be very interesting where that goalie vote goes on a goalie-friendly show in the next couple of years with all that talent between the pipes coming up. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It'll be more interesting once things open up and once the inevitable of saying goodbye to Craig Anderson after an awesome career. Was it worthy of a jersey retirement? Think about that while we give you our top five Senators goalies in team history. This is at their prime, of course, while they were with the Ottawa Senators. So one and two on all of our lists are the same. Do you guys want to just get those out of the way? Or go five to one? Well, I think it's just important to note, like, statistically, if you're looking for a goaltender, wins is above everything else, right? It's what you're able to do. Who cares if your goals against average is a little high? If you can make the big save that wins you the game at the end, that's what you're looking for. So Craig Anderson and Patty Laleem, I don't know if I was supposed to break that news down there for you. But, yeah, those are the two answers that uh, top both of our list or all three of our lists. Yeah, with Craig Anderson, the clear Clear number one. You look at single season. He's had the best single season as a goalie in Sens history in that shortened 2013 season. He was an injury of cutting raw chicken away from literally winning the Vesna that year. He's had a few other really solid years. And then you look at the playoff runs, both in 2013, 2017, and even the three games he ended up playing, or four games rather, in 2015 after Hammond lost the first two games. He was completely lights out and under one goals against average in four games. Just 
outstanding. He was awesome. And even Patty Laleem, probably a little more so than Anderson with the longevity and playing behind some really good teams, was able to accumulate wins a little bit at a little bit quicker of a pace. But otherwise, yeah, one and two there. And I guess so you want to do three, three and three and then keep moving backwards. Well, well, wait, let's uh, let's stick on Andy Laleem a little more. Just, right. I mean, top two goalies in uh, franchise history you should give him a little more love. And uh, some uh, interesting stats from Anderson. Ross, I know you'll love this. When he got traded to the Sens, he ruined the tank with an 11-5-1 record, 2.05 goals against average, and a .939 save percentage for a tanking Ottawa Senators team when he was brought over from Colorado. So those numbers are incredible. And I think, I mean, you guys definitely know this as longtime Senators fans, but a lot of people around the league don't really realize how much work Andy put in with this franchise. I was looking at it. I was thinking he's got to be one of the one of the goalies with the most shots on goal uh, since he started playing with the Senators. And it, it turns out I was pretty much right. From 2011 to now, he's faced most shots per game of anyone who's played as many games as him in that stretch, 417 games. And uh, he averages 32.9 shots per game with the Senators. So he he's always had so much work. And he's definitely had those games where he's looked uh, below average. But when he shines, he's one of those guys you just can't beat. And I love watching him, too, because he's one of the few stand-up uh, style goalies left today. I mean, we even saw this season he made a couple crazy uh, weird maneuvered saves like stacking the pads doing the windmill so he had the Hasek save yeah yeah exactly like he's one of those few guys that's still doing it who's not just a chiseled butterfly sliding from one end of the crease to another he's relying on quick thinking and uh, just doing whatever it takes to keep that puck out of the net so Andy for sure no question about it is number one I mean he leads uh, every single category pretty much in franchise uh, history except shutouts where our boy Patty Aleem uh, has got a couple more than him. Well, where, they, where they're super similar is when you look at the playoffs because Patrick Aleem leads all Senators goalies in playoff games with 41 mm-hmm. while Craig Anderson has 40. They each have 21 wins. Anderson, a career 928 save percentage. Laleem, 926. They're far and away one and two. Patty Laleem with the five shutouts. But if you remember, Patty Laleem, I'm going to get the year wrong, but between 2000 and 2004, there was a series against the Philadelphia Flyers where Laleem got three straight shutouts. Yeah, he only let in two goals in a five-game series. Like, that is nuts. With three shutouts, so so one goal in each of the other two games. Which is absolutely wild. Uh, The only really thing I have left to add into this is uh, I think Craig Anderson is a decade of work that really doesn't have a lot of blemishes. Uh, He's been like a great guy. I mentioned his wife earlier. They just they're so dedicated to being senators. And it's so nice to see a mainstay guy like that in a kind of an organization that the latter of his career, I would say more so, uh, has gone through some turbulence and he's just been a, a bright spot through and through for them. And how can you not forget the, uh, the touching moments, uh, Cam Talbot coming out and, uh, congratulating him when he got first star after a big shutout, uh, with the whole cancer situation with his wife, Nicole. Uh, but pillar, one thing I want to mention, just to put this into relevance, 
you mentioned that when he came over in 2010, 2011, uh, there was some, he kind of ruined the, uh, the tank that year. That was the year that the senators picked up, which who I would have thought would have been an eventual 50 goal scorer this year in Mika Zibanejad. But, uh, you talk about ruining, uh, a tank, Gabriel Landeskog and Jonathan Huberdeau were above the senators, not to mention Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Adam Larson and Ryan Stone. So some big names could have go- gone yeah. to the senators there. Craig Anderson came in and backstopped them to Mika Zibanejad. Yeah, just to finish off the thought, Craig Anderson and Patrick Laleem, they're so close, but games played, Craig Anderson, 151 more than Laleem if you add up regular season and playoffs. Laleem has 146 wins. So lots more time between the pipes for Craig Anderson. For me, my number three is a player who I wish spent more games in between the pipes. In terms of the top six in wins, He's got the fewest amount of games. Ray Emery is my number three. Mostly, I mean, he was awesome. He had the the playoff run to the cup finals in his second year as a star. Well, first year as a starter, second year as a full-time NHLer. But more importantly, when he was in the Sens system from about 2003 when he was drafted until, until 2008 or 9, that was when I was 12 to 18 as a goalie growing up in Ottawa. So he was kind of the guy I'd look to and, and I rocked the Brian's DX2s because of him. And yeah, just it was definitely one of the idols that I had looking at the Sens as in my biggest years as a fan, I guess you could say. And he was a stud and could uh, stand up for himself physically, to say the least. Absolutely. He came in as number four on my list. I'm going to go to number three. And this one got my vote because if you were to ever look at a Senator's lineup, I think the most you would ever say, uh-oh, they got this guy between the pipes, is the dominator Dominic Hasek. I think he was the most daunting name to see on a lineup card out of any guy that had ever played for the Senators, really. We mentioned the... Uh, the, the um, Sample size for Andy and Liam, but Dominic Hasek. I mean, imagine seeing that guy going up against him every night with that weird mask he wore and the acrobatic athleticism he had every night. So, yeah, uh, he's going to go in for number three. And as you mentioned, Ross, for Emery, number four. Yeah, and I'm with Ross. I've got uh, Emery ahead of Hasek, mostly just because of uh, more what he accomplished. I mean, taking the Sens all the way to the cup finals in 07 was just crazy for a guy who was... I mean, he stepped in for Hasek. Emery did uh, when Hasek got hurt, but he was pretty uh, well uh, unknown at that point. So he really made a name for himself. And then obviously Dominic Hasek, the greatest to play the game. His stats as a 40-year-old defenseman. And imagine this, like the Senators signing a 40-year-old free agent to be their number one goalie. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. So that just is a testament to how great Hasek is. I'm not even going to say the A word, the injury that uh, caused so much grief for the Senators, especially when Hasek seemed healthy, but uh, just didn't uh, mentally feel like he was ready to go. And the craziest thing about Hasek is I was uh, doing a deep dive on some like old articles and there was a lot of rumors that were saying that he was adamant that he wanted to re-sign and play in Ottawa next year and that he would take a really cheap deal so that he could kind of finish some unfinished business. But apparently Brian Murray wasn't that interested in re-upping a 41-year-old goalie who uh, had a very weird quit injury on scenario. Yeah, weird, we'll say a weird injury no, scenario. No, he quit on him. And uh, now Dominic Hasek, he's just 
he's got a soda pop company in check and uh, he might be a future politician. So that's what the dominator is up to these days. Well, he was being political by saying that he wanted to resign. He knew there was no way. Like, how often does somebody skate for two or three weeks and say that they still aren't ready to play? I don't know. You'd never see that in today's day. But Hasek was eccentric on the ice. He was eccentric off the ice, um, to say the least. So I had Hasek at five, actually. My number four was Damian Rhodes. And he was actually pretty old school. He came to Ottawa the year after they made the playoffs. For the first time, um, Ron Tugnut got them there the first time, and then they thought they just needed a little something extra. So Damian Rhodes came in, and that was as the, the team turned a corner. They kind of platooned the two, but I thought Damian Rhodes kind of took the reins, uh, played a little bit more than Tugnut. But how about this, boys? The only Senators goalie to score a goal. Nice. That's a big one. How about Andy, though, with double-digit points? Got 11 assists, which is, which is kind of, well, you, we know he loves playing the puck. Whether he's good at it is a different story. <laughs> but da- Damian Rhodes was, was one of the first goalies that I kind of fell in love with the Sens with. And, uh, yeah, so I, I decided to throw him in there at number four on my list. I had him at number five, Ross, so uh, we kind of have the same bottom three, but they're all kind of uh, mismatched around. I had him at number five, bit of a nostalgia moment for me, kind of growing up. My uncle was a goalie, and uh, first ever hockey jersey I had was a Damien Rhodes Senators 2D logo. Actually, if you look at our Twitter header picture, that's actually, I'm wearing it outside of the CTC. So that's a cool moment for me. And yeah, the numbers speak for himself. Uh, he was a good good goalie. And I like the old school stand-up style of game that he played as well. So Damian Rhodes coming in for number five, and that wraps up my list. One of the best helmets in Sens history, too. Oh, for Just sure. So classic with the maple leaf in the background and then the parliament buildings front and center on the front. Um, I've given my five. I think, uh, Pills, you still have one left. Yep, I got one left, and uh, we're going to forget about sample size here. We're just going to look at uh, sheer dominance, and that's got to be Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar, because the run that he went on is just unprecedented now. I mean, 21-2 and record, a .941 save percentage. Like, this guy, every single night, you had a feeling the Senators were going to win because of this guy, and... The craziest thing about all this about Andrew Hammond is at the time, he wasn't even a good AHL goalie. In 25 games in bingo, he had a 3.51 goals against average and a save percentage under 900. So it's just crazy that this guy came out of the blue and carried this team into the playoffs. So you're forgetting about sample size now with Andrew Hammond, who's played 12 more games than Dominic Hasek. I'm, I'm just saying the, the streak and what he pulled off as a senator. I know, it, it was incredible. And talk about a guy with a nice bucket, too. The Hamburglar uh, was, was yeah. awesome there with the fries spelling out hammy. So, um, yeah, Andrew Hammond definitely on the list. For me, he would be in kind of that second tier of small sample size where you could throw in a guy like uh, Ben Bishop, who was phenomenal. Mm-hmm when Anderson was hurt in the 2012 uh, season. And then Robin Leonard, who definitely, Pilsy and I were talking earlier today, needed a change of scenery a couple mm-hmm. times before he really found himself on the island. But you saw the the talent level was there with Robin Leonard. So that would be kind of six and seven if we're just going towards, you know, skill. Because Ben Bishop only played 23 games, right, with Ottawa. So 
it's really tough at that point. Uh, another guy you could throw in there, Yanni Erme was was pretty good, and Martin Prusak back in the day. Those two guys um, definitely had their had their moments as well. But uh, I think with that, we should get to our question that we put up as a poll at Send Central on Twitter. And boys, you can't get much closer than 50-50. And through 240 votes, that's exactly where we wow. are. 120 votes for each. What is the question? Well, we just both, we all three of us, just ranked Craig Anderson the number one goalie in Sens history. Parley, I start with you. Is that enough that number 41 should go up beside number 11 and number four in the rafters at the CTC. Well, this is a tough one for me, and I'm very close to being with the majority here, which is, we don't know, because, I mean, it's a tough decision. Uh, There's so many different things that can go into it, but what I mentioned earlier was he was a senator through and through for 10 years. He was a great guy to have on the team. He came in and he showed himself as a winner right away, and there was not many times he wavered from that. There were some tough teams in front of him, and then there were some good teams in front of him, and he kind of seemed to ride that wave the whole time. If Chris Phillips is good enough to put in the rafters, so is Craig Anderson, so my answer is yes. Pelzi. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there, uh, Chris. I mean, personally, I would have thought Phillips would have been more of a ring of honor guy. But if that's how we're we're basing this based on kind of longevity and uh, like just sticking with the senators and being like a, you know, a guy that uh, a stand up uh, character on and off the ice. then yeah, Craig Anderson, number 41, absolutely should be retired. Well, they're going to run out of numbers a little too quickly that way. Um, I know they've set the precedent that that does matter a lot to them. But where do you draw the line? Is number 25 going to be retired? Is number 19 going to be retired? Like, where where do you draw the line? I know that plenty of players, Broussard and, and Batherson, have both worn number 19 since um, Spezza left, but, like, what, so if you finish your career in Ottawa, you get your number retired? Now, I'm I'm not saying that with Craig Anderson. I just feel like if you haven't won a cup with that core, I don't think multiple players should have their number retired. However, since the Senators did retire number four, under these parameters, number 41 should absolutely be retired. Let yep. me just hop in there and say that Chris Neal and Jason Spezza do not lead every statistical category that they are a part of. You know what I mean? Like, well, not every well, single Chris one. Chris Neal's doing pretty good in penalty minutes. 2,522. Yeah, but... Next closest player is Phillips with 756. <laughs> Never suspended either. A little uh, tip of the cap there to the Nealer, one of my favorites of all time. I like Chris Neal getting retired too. Jason Spezza I don't think is is quite... No, quite I, had there. To, I had to be a little facetious at some point. Yeah. Like, are we going to put Mike Comrie up there too? <laughs> Why was he the first guy you thought of? I don't know. Well, there's lots of time to decide. No rush once he does move on, whether or not that number 41 goes up. Have your say on our Twitter, at Sense Central. There's some great replies there. So get involved. Let us know what you think, and we'll get chatting there. But for now, that's it for us. It's been great chatting with Chris Parliament and Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.